Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The real estate starts now. In today's episode, Sports Locale, we explore the intersection between real estate and sports. We'll discuss how where you live guides your sporting activities, preferences, and team loyalties. And with that, Alex, please take us up. It's hard to talk about sports in America without starting with baseball. Most cultures have some sort of stick and ball game, cricket being the most well-known globally. While the exact origins of baseball are unknown, most historians agree that it is based on the English game of rounders. It began to become quite popular in this country in the early 19th century, and many sources report the growing popularity of the game called town ball, base, or baseball. See, you can already see the origins of baseball that reference location with words like town, home, and base. Don't even get me started about who's on first. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That took me a while to figure out that was a comedy. Um, And don't forget the Asian Greeks who introduced sports to the world in the first Olympic Games. That was in 776 BC, which was just before I was born. And that included events such as foot and chariot races, which of course we do to this day, Uh, wrestling, jumping, discus and javelin throwing. And a quick uh, shout out to one of my favorite movies of all time, Ben-Hur, if you haven't seen The Greatest Chariot Race of All Time. But but yeah, sports have been around as, as almost as long as we've been around. And, and let's face it, every kid gets exposed to it at some point, right? Yeah, I was a kid growing up in Jersey, you know, the classic paper route, riding my bike around town. Uh, you know, and I, I, I had my favorite teams. You know, I had my little league. So I started playing baseball when I was a, when I was a, uh, a you know, young kid. Uh, I still um, play sports to this day. I think sports is a part of our lives, part of our communities part of where we grew up and there's some locale to it. And I think, you know, living in Jersey, clearly I'm going to be more inclined to play baseball than, than, um, than tennis or, or soccer. And wherever you're, whatever the region you're in, whatever the climate in some cases of where you grew up has an impact for sure. For sure. I mean, who would have, who would have thought that there'd be Southern States with a hockey team? I mean, when I was a kid, I was growing up in Montreal, and I can remember going to a hockey playoff game with my dad, and we won in overtime, and he's yelling at me, don't throw your program onto the ice. I remember that to this day. But And then when I was 12, I moved to Brazil, and that was the end of hockey. There was not a lot of hockey being played on the streets in Sao Paulo. I picked up soccer, and Sao Pelé score a goal, and all of a sudden, you're hooked on soccer. So, yeah, geography is one of the main determinants on what kind of sport you're going to play or care about. I mean, hockey, I mean, forget about it. The lake had to freeze over for there to be a game. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't these refrigeration systems of today where you can actually freeze ice on command. I mean, back in the twenties, I mean, forget about, you know, ice box. I mean, let alone. <laughs> there were, listen, if there was anything icy, you were hoping for air conditioning. You weren't too worried that there was no rink in your town, but now every town has a rink. Any place in the United States, every town has an indoor lake. Actually, I was up in upstate New York and uh, there was this beautiful lake. And they would say, oh, the lake is really beautiful in the, in the winter because it ices over and people skate on it. I was like, it, I, to me, maybe it's because of just I've been used to global warming. I just can't imagine a lake being it being cold enough 
for the lake to actually freeze over so you don't fall through it. <laughs> and I just I have these visions of, of like James Bond where you fall through an ice and then you get you have someone to shoot you out and it's a whole it's a whole process. But I would be petrified of playing on the ice, let alone uh, which is probably the reason why um, it's so dangerous to play hockey and people get so pissed. <laughs> I don't think that's the reason. I think it's more of the fighting, but um, you make a great point about pond hockey, which was, of course, there's a risk. But when you when we lived in the places we lived in where, where hockey came from in Canada, um, you know, in the winter, you froze the, the field behind the school. That's where the rink was. I mean, you could freeze any, you could pick the rink anywhere outdoors. And that was the beauty. In the same way that, that basketball in the States, all you had to do was put up a hoop and you could put it anywhere. And any, any kid could play from any walk of life, any economic walk of life. It was same with hockey. You froze the rink and any kid could come on and play. You didn't, you know, you, you, you needed a lot of equipment to play organized hockey, but you, all you needed was a tennis ball, running shoes and a stick to play shinny on the ice. And you could go out and play. And that made it a sport that everybody could participate in, right? Well, I think you get to that point about um, about everyone being able to play a sport. Obviously, there's geography, right? So we're just talking about the the temperatures and climates alone. Some are more conducive to to cold weather sports like hockey and bobsledding, uh, and others uh, are more conducive to uh, outdoor sports like like soccer and tennis, and maybe even equestrian for that matter. Um, but yet, the, but not everyone can can not everyone has a horse. Right. Uh, I mean, you might have a back, you might have a, a basketball court in your backyard, but you may not have a driving range um, in your in your or a golf um, course in your neighborhood. So the, the, there is parts of of sports that are inclusive in, in a lot of ways just by nature of, of the sport and others that are not. Absolutely. Um, econ economic realities uh, bleed into sports just as well as they bleed into everywhere else. And not to mention the fifty dollars to $100,000 you'd have to pay to join a country club to even play the sport. But forget about if you could even afford the clubs and the lessons to learn how to play that difficult sport of golf, right? You're absolutely right. Um, but the good news is, is that um, over time, things become more inclusive. You know, Title IX came out in 1972, really helped for women's ability to get involved in sports and educational institutions. You know, and, and 40 years after that, by the, by, uh, um, by the time we hit 2020, 12, you had 10 times as many girls playing sports in high school. You had six times as many playing in college. Uh, and again, all the opportunities that come from that, scholarships, et cetera, which was nice to see. Yeah, well, that's how sports brings everyone together, right? I mean, if you recall, the NBA was officially integrated uh, for African-Americans in 1950 and NFL in 1945. So, you know, we still have a lot of ways to go in terms of both making sports more inclusive, but also breaking open traditional sports and adding and bringing in new sports that are more relevant to um, children of today. Um, you know, the, the, I think the Olympics, I mean, in my generation, the Olympics uh, brought in snowboarding and people were freaking out over that. Like, what's a snowboard? Um, why are they doing tricks? That's not sports. Uh, and then now it's like the normal thing everyone looks forward to. And then now people, the new thing is break dancing. I think, I believe parkour now is in, is in the Olympics. So the Olympics and sports are becoming more relevant, also more relevant to a generation as well as to location, uh, as well as to a climate. And it just will keep on going. Right. I mean, it's really amazing. I mean, I, I, when I look back, 
And I think about um, the teams that I, I once loved when I was a kid versus the teams and the players that I love today. I mean, huge difference. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, and I think a lot of that started with the X Games, uh, when a lot of these activities, which I would call an activity like snowboarding or, you know, or, 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 or going on down the, 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 the pipe, doing a pipeline and snowboarding was more like it uh, was an activity. But I guess it, you know, it, it's a sport. And I guess those sports slowly, as it became more popular and there were more eyeballs willing to watch that on TV, they had to make, bring that on, bring it onto TV in some way, whether it's, uh, the Olympics or whatever. But, you know, it's funny because you mentioned geography, right? And it's not just geography. It's also very important that there's a sport in your geography where you're located where your team is good because when that's the case it is such a magnet right I mean if you're living near the Patriots in in the 2000s or you're living you know you're living near the Yankees you know in the 50s uh you know you're living near the Celtics in the 60s or the Lakers you know in the, in in the 90s where there's they're winning championships every two three years how can you not fall in love with the team and follow it everywhere well, right. I mean, there were, I feel like there were also less teams, right? I mean, I feel like there's just, there's like, there's less teams, less sports. I, it usually, there used to be a point in time where you loved football or basketball or basketball or baseball. And you didn't really love all of the sports, but, but you love New York. And so you would, regardless of what the sport was, you were rooting for the city, like, you know, the New York uh, is in the, uh, the what, what's the finals of hockey? If that's the World Series? No, 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 the Stanley the, Cup. Stanley Cup, right. So you're in the Stanley Cup. I mean, I, I, I don't I don't follow hockey at all, but I, I'm like, I'm, you know, go New York, you know, go Rangers, right? So for me, it's it's all about the the city that I'm rooting for rather than the sport, if it's a sport that I'm not familiar with, right? So I think that there's been, there's really an allegiance towards geography in your city and your hometown that was augmented because of sports. True. Now, there is an anomaly. There is always an exception to the rule. And in this case, I'm the exception to the rule because although I'm born in Montreal, grew up in Sao Paulo, lived in Boston, lived in New York, lived in Miami, my NFL team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not only have I never been to the stadium, I never even went to the city till 2017. But when I was a kid in Montreal, my best friend, my brother and I, you know, we were watching Canadian football, which is like, you know, not to disparage Canadian football players, but it's, you know, the, the younger cousin of the NFL. And we all wanted NFL teams and we all were picking teams. And my brother picked the Houston Oilers because he loved Earl Campbell. And my best friend picks the Dallas Cowboys because he loved the Cowboys. And I picked the guys that were winning. 74 Super Bowl, 75 Super Bowl, 78 Super Bowl, 79 Super Bowl, Pittsburgh Steelers. So in 79, I picked the Steelers. Nobody told me it would take 25 years for them to win another one. So you're one of those guys, but you still love the Steelers today, right? I, I stay loyal from day stay. one. Okay, so that's what we need. We need more loyalty. Now, the fact that you're in Miami, um, uh, I'm not, you shouldn't feel bad that you're not a Dolphins fan because I don't think anyone. <laughs> Anyone is, but easy, I think not, easy. I know. But look, I mean, it's really it's it takes a lot to be a fan of a team that's losing, and I think that 
for the most part. I mean, I, I've been in this boat being from Jersey. I, you know, being a Jets and a Nets fan, uh, it wasn't until free agency in a lot of ways uh, that sort of changed fandom, right? Because I think there was a point in time where the team, the players in the team were from your hometown, literally. They they went back to their high school, they visited their high school or visited the college or local university and, you know, was at the homecoming and talked to kids and shook hands and you felt a connection to that 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 they athlete. they felt a connection to the city and and it was a responsibility to win you're winning for your home team you're winning for your high school and it was a, it was that mythology um of the athletes of the heroes that 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 transcended our love in a lot of ways for sports so so you could leave new york and still love the of the yankees um or the mets or what have you so i think when free agency happened and I, I think I don't know what side you're on on that, but I feel like it, in one way, is diluted the 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 potency of 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 you know of, of like of passion in a lot of ways, and the other side, it really gave people an opportunity who lived in losing towns <laughs> to see a win. That's a, you know, you know, there's two sides to that, right? That's true. Exactly what you say that there's a, there's less connections between players and teams and, 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 and the home location, the city itself than there used to be. Uh, however, um, maybe that helps in terms of national following and the love of a national team, because maybe, you know, regardless as if you're a Celtics fan and you hate Michael Jordan, when the dream team went to the Olympics and embarrassed the rest of the world at how good our players really were, our best of our best, you couldn't help but feel pride in that as an American, right? And so, and so it wasn't your team, but it was a player that you had gotten close to because he had started on your team, but you could still cheer for him in terms of USA, whether it's Olympics or the World Cup or the Ryder Cup. I mean, even in golf, there, there is a certain, perhaps we lose a little bit of the local, uh, of bringing people together, cheering for one main goal, but maybe it enhances, uh, a more of a national team spirit when, when they're competing. Well, I would argue that, remember the first, time that that basketball was in the olympics uh yeah when the, the, our first dream team actually were people that no one knew about like no one ever heard of it was like the it was like the c team basically and so but yeah we we, we rooted for them because you know we wanted america to win of course i don't think they did I think they lost i think at one point and it was like why don't we just get jordan and the, and the big guys and barkley and all those guys and you know and play ball then of course they swept it right but more of the story is it was about vote rooting for usa now i think to that extent back to the point about sports bringing everyone together the dream teams and the teams that are representative of all the of basically all of the united states brought the u.s together behind uh, a, a sport, a competitive sport that pitted us against, you know, back in the Cold War days, it was like us against Russia and, you know, us against China. So it's a, it's a same, yeah, same thing with hockey, hockey series against the Soviets, etc. Right. So, it, you know, it, 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 we, we just love drama. We love we love the antagonist. We love the hero and the villain. We we love those dramas being played out in screen in a 90 minute, you know, format, whatever that, you know, whatever, whatever sport you're looking at. So I get it. I don't know how you feel about it, but I know you're in Florida. I was in Florida. And of course, there's the Tampa 
situation and Tom Brady. I mean, I, I know that I don't know how people in Boston felt when he left, but as soon as he came to, to Florida, I mean, he, he changed a lot of people's lives uh, for better or for, <laughs> better or for worse. And I got to think that uh, in one hand, that's great. Right. I think that's fantastic um, for everybody, including Tom Brady, of course. But if you had um, if Tom Brady, for example, left and went to New York, yeah, I think there'd be a bigger issue, right? I think I think free agency, that's where free agency goes bad, right? You can't, you can't one hero from one team can't go to an arch enemy and then still be respected. Well, I don't know. Johnny Damon jumped from the Red Sox to the to the Yankees. I think that happens a lot. And I think that that you're absolutely right. That tests the loyalties that you've come to the, the the love you have for certain players. There are some players, Brady's an example, uh, you know, uh, Wayne Gretzky, that that just transcends. The, right, because they're the, goats, right? They're the greatest. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and, and I'm a capitalist. So, <clears throat> you know, in my, my mind, look, if some team is offering you a better situation or more money or you want to win, you know, I mean, LeBron James puts together dream teams and three guys go to one town like Miami and win two championships. Is that stacking the deck? Yeah, that's stacking the deck, but that's capitalism. If you, I think every person should have the opportunity to pursue their dream uh, to the utmost wherever they want to do it. Um, but I do think that that certain players they get a certain love from that place that people who bounce around will never have. I think there is there is some reward for that still today. I think in the right, love that right, they get, right? And I think that that's that's also part of the story, right? Which is. Um, and, and hopefully that's a part of the decision that athletes make when they choose to leave one city for the other. It's not for the money, it's for the fans or for the community or for their love of a location. I mean, usually they, they, for the most part, if you're, if you're properly media trained as an athlete, when someone says, what's it like moving to X city, usually you say, oh, I love the city. I used to to visit when I was a kid. I mean, they say something that really, um, it really works on camera. They may hate it. Right? They may just it's like you know, I just, they paid me. A, they wrote me a check, and so I moved. But they 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 tell this story for everyone to hear, and it makes people feel good, right? They, they land well in in that city because the fans embrace them. So I think, obviously, okay, capitalism aside, I think that people move. So athletes, in this case, move. Um, uh, for for various reasons, and I think fans, a lot of cases, you know, we move. I mean, I I I'm no I don't longer live in 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 Bergen County, New Jersey, but uh, I still take with me the the history and the mythology that I grew up with, and that's what I look at when I'm when I turn on the television. Now, like to 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 be fair. Sports is no longer like it used to be. I mean, it's just a different football, basketball are just different games today than they used to be. And quite frankly, I, you know, I, 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 I have a hard time watching uh, sports because I feel like the loyalty in a lot of ways has been lost. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I listen. I, sports is evolving. I mean, uh, we should talk a little bit about what what do we see in the future for sports because sports is not what it was uh, 
10, 20, 30 years ago, and it won't be what it, it is now in 10, 20, or 30 years, you know? Um, what you say about you still love that team or you love that sport because of when you were younger, that nostalgia, those memories of playing it, uh, going to, to events with friends, with clients, with family, all that, it, they, they, all that is packed up in there, and every time you enjoy that sport, that's still back there. I, I don't know what the future is going to bring. I mean, now everything, I mean, there's even virtual sports where, I mean, I remember playing Nintendo tennis where my arm would be sore from from wiping you know slapping my arm back and forth in midair but now they have you know there's 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 sports where the whole the sport itself is a video game it's not even a sport video game the sport is is playing like you know witches of warcraft or whatever those names are it's crazy yeah le leagues of legends actually is, is one of the big ones and to your point i mean they the you you forget about location. All you need is a internet connection in order to get to play some of these games. And the the teams are not teams that are all from Tallahassee. They are teams from various different cities around the world who met in this game. Uh, and so you know that's the beauty of of these uh, of these esports is that you're getting the best in the world. Like I've always had a um, tremendous amount of respect for the premier league soccer or aka the real football depending on where you're from uh, because there are millions of kids around the world that would kill for that for those 10 spots and and, and literally you're you're those people are the best in the world as opposed to in some cases with football, you know, you may be the best in America, okay, which is a great achievement. No, nothing short on that. But I think the 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 fact that the the, the competitive landscape has now opened up and become worldwide is quite interesting. Now, not everyone may be playing League of Legends, to be fair, but the fact that you're competing with people. Um, with the internet access, literally, uh, is quite impressive and profound is just see how good these kids are. Well, not only that, if we say that sports brings people together, if it's good for people to meet on the field, engage in sports, shake hands, learn about com camaraderie, learn about teamwork, then that will translate even as we're tr as it's different cultures from different parts of the world that come together to play the same game or to play on the same team. That can only enhance that cultural uh, that cultural uh, exchange of ideas, of of feelings, and and hopefully enhance curiosity for location. That you meet somebody online from a location, you build a friendship, you end up going and visiting. So uh, another way that sports and location inter interact, even if it's initially the location is virtual. Well, yeah, that's a really good point. As I opened this, this section to talk about the fact that you know baseball was actually from the UK, uh, and then now you have um, cultural exports from the United States elsewhere like we like okay we got baseball but then we've now shipped it off to japan uh we got basketball we shipped it off to china football in the uk and and, and it just keeps on going you know when i think about uh, hockey and we shipped it off to tulsa or tampa <laughs> <laughs> and, there, and there you have it so i think there's a really interesting story to tell about how uh sports have actually transported and transcended you know, geographies in a lot of ways, you know, and I think about the players and, uh, you know, when I think about basketball, you know, you always think about the seven foot tall guy. Right. And, you know, how many of those are in the U S and, and which, you know, things are changing now that you see people from like 
Mongolia or Russia or Turkmenistan or all these different places in the world. And it's, and actually it's, there, there aren't more people in America that are seven feet tall. It's just the draft pick is now picking seven, seven foot tall people from around the world. There's this one, there's a, there's a great Ted talk about this quite this issue and says that basically if you know someone who's seven foot tall there's a chance that they're already in the nba well listen that's a great point right it's no different than hockey players you brought up a point about the cold war and it was us versus them playing hockey and we'd have all these series the north american teams versus the eastern european teams now you have all these players from eastern europe are now playing in the NHL and those same people that were yelling kill the Ruskies murder them on the you know on the ice and everything now they're cheering for those players within their own teams so not only is it is 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 sport bringing people together but it's 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 breaking down barriers between cultures and between countries and 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 so i think when people think of sports and they, and they normally think about how it's good for your health or you know you should be more active or you'll meet more people something to do when you think about sports and it's and its effect on location and and, and the effects from location uh there's a lot there's a lot that comes from the interconnection between location and sports yeah, I mean, I mean, just to get me started, I mean, there's there's so many examples of how sports both uplifts the players and teams, creates confidence amongst among the youth, <laughs> um, team building, and all that. At the same time, you know, I'm a huge fan of when Lithuania, if you remember when Lithuania, their basketball team went and played against Russia, they were called the other dream team. That's such a great documentary about, about it. Um, Jerry Garcia designed their, uh, their jerseys or they had tie dye jerseys in the Olympics. I mean, was, these were, these were profound moments in our history that were told through sports. And so I think, when it comes to breaking down barriers, breaking down walls, breaking down cultures, I mean, sports is, is right up there. And, you know, I think when you look at uh, sort of where we're going, I think there's a real interesting story to be told about the new sports that are emerging that may not necessarily be here today, but we will definitely be here tomorrow and where those sports are coming from. I, I mean, I just can't imagine that the future of sports are going to be coming from the United States anymore. Not just the United States anymore, anyway. Well, yeah, there you go. I mean, I think we'll always we'll always find a way to make uh, to, <laughs> to cheer over something. I mean, we're we are we're fans of all kinds of stuff. And I pick up the Instagram, uh, my my phone, and there's something that I'm 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 cheering for. So I think, look, I think there's there's no end in our appetite for a good good old Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening game of some sort. So I think we'll always have that moment. It's just a question of what that is and where we'll be. And with that, seeing as I'm reporting from Miami, where we cheer for the Marlins, let's hope the Marlins have a great second half after the break and make it into the playoffs. <laughs> and here's to all the lesser known sports and even lesser known sports fans. May your teams and players rule the day. Here, here. You've been listening to The Real Estate Podcast. Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.